Welcome to What's Behind the Silence, the truth no one wants to talk about. Featuring Stacy Cutright and Stephanie Dimmel as your hosts. Welcome back, friends, to um, What's Behind the Silence and What Nobody Wants to Talk About. I'm Stacy Cutright with Youth Thrive Coaching, and I am a self discovery, self empowerment, breakthrough, um, and relationship coach, as well as an NLP practitioner. And with me is Stephanie Dimmel. Hi, I'm a certified NLP practitioner coach as well. Uh, I also have a relation, certified relationship coach, executive coaching, organizational and development coach, as well as empowerment coach. And my business name is Stephanie D. Coaching. Welcome, Stacy. Welcome, sweetheart. Welcome. We got a good day today. We sure did. I Yeah, I'm excited for this one. Um, and today we are going to be talking about willingness and awareness and how I perceive it as they're like sisters, twin sisters. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you and I had talked, Stephanie, like, what do you need first? And, you know, they're close runners um, in my book. And so I thought that maybe today we could talk about some of our experiences that we've had, um, whether it be the awareness came before the willingness or the willingness became through, you know, uh, ahead. So if I may, I think I'm going to start with you, Steph, okay. and just ask you, you know, what's your perspective on the topic of willingness and also awareness? And where have you found the most impactful time in your life that those two served you? Sure, absolutely. Well, welcome, friends. I hope everybody's having a great day today. And, you know, Stacy and I, we're so excited that all of you could join us to listen in. And the topics we chose today, I feel just as strongly as Stacy is, they're kind of married together a little bit, kind of like sisters. So um, when I think about awareness and willingness, you know, I think back on my life and I think about the times when, you know, things weren't going so well for me and the decisions I was making and the thoughts and the feelings that I was having and all these emotions when life just wasn't going to plan. And, you know, it, it, I guess every decision I made, Stacy, was a pretty bad one during this, this time frame. And I just feel like, um, you know, I kept having all these negative things happen to me in life. And I, I really didn't understand why so much negativity was attracting to me at all. It was, it was so weird. I mean, it's like I crashed a car twice, you know, I had tickets out the wazoo. I, you know, was putting holes in walls and just erratic behavior, you know? And it was like, I was living two different lives. Like I had this career, I was on track, but then my personal life just was like going haywire. It really was. And it was because of the things that I had experienced in my twenties and thirties. And, you know, that rejection, I guess I felt as a person or a disappointment, and, you know, the awareness came when I started taking everything out on myself. I started taking out behaviors on walls, um, the erratic behavior. Uh, I started, you know, just that awareness piece was just like, okay, something's got to change. I'm not happy. In fact, I, I can't get control of my emotions. 
emotions would surface all the time. I felt just so angry. And so that awareness to me, it really, I feel it happened um, in my late thirties, early forties, when I was really trying to get my life together and just really feel like I was loved and that I could love myself. And I think that was really hard for me to do at the time, but I was determined to prove that I was lovable for myself to love and for other people. But that awareness really struck me as probably I would broken my hand from, you know, hitting a wall again. And it was just like the behavior had to change. Right. Because not only was I taking it out of myself and walls and everything else, I was also taking it out on other people. And it didn't make me feel so good whenever I realized when I would have a behavior that I would yell and scream at somebody or get in an argument with them about just the past, mostly, it really just didn't make me feel so hot. And, and so that awareness really came to me because I had to change. I had to change because I couldn't keep relationships, relationships I really struggled in, the close relationships because I just didn't feel like anybody could love me because at the time I didn't love myself. And so that awareness really uh, took hold that, you know, something was wrong with me. And I, I have to tell you another per, uh, person in my life that helped me through a lot of it, which we'll talk later on in some other sessions about was, you know, my partner now and um, helped me realize that um, just to think about things from a different perspective, bring mm -hmm. awareness to how I thought, how I felt, um, the behaviors that I was doing, that I was causing, the emotions that I was causing, the fights I was causing, the animosity I was causing. And so I just, I felt like I needed a change. Um, before that though, I was so stubborn, Stacey. I mean, I was so stubborn. I didn't want to change. One of those, right? Yeah. I didn't want to change. <laughs> you must be an Aries. Yeah. You must be an Aries. No, I'm an Aquarius. I'm no, Aquarius. you're Aquarius. I'm an Aries. I'm pretty stubborn too. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of on the cusp of Aquarius and Pisces. So I don't okay. know. Somewhere okay. Somewhere in there. So. But I don't know, that awareness of me going down these roads over and over. And it would, they seem like the same road, roads, you know, it was the same emotion, the same road, the same behaviors, and it wasn't working. And so I had to decide what I wanted to do. And, you know, I was a leader for people. And how could I feel so terrible about myself and be this positive leader for people and bring that energy to them every day if I couldn't settle with myself on what was going on inside of me? So can I ask you a question about yeah, that? Yeah. Um, how did that make you feel inside when, you know, was it a feeling of, you know, like a dirty secret kind of feel, you know, when you had talked about here, I am trying to empower others, trying to do this. Mm -hmm. However, I'm not able to live within that myself. Was, was that, did that bring on feelings or was it something that you didn't come to an, really an awakening of that either? Well, I think that I was certainly um, becoming aware of that. Um, okay. I just, I, I didn't feel I was worthy of anything. Okay. And that feeling of worthiness just really was hard to hold on to. It would come okay. and come and go, but you know, so, but what about you? Where, where did the awareness take you, um, through your journey? Oh dear. Um, I guess I will, you know, there's a lot of different, I'll go with my last aha, like mm -hmm. kind of like you, 
life was just out of control for me, just out of control. And the hard thing was, is people very close to me could notice, you know, because I'd let some of my feelings out. However, in my professional sector, I really don't think people had a clue. And so it was almost like I was dying inside. And so I was thinking, okay, I can't keep doing this. It's exhausting. So it was like changing masks and all, you know, if nothing changes, nothing changes, you know? And um, it was almost, I would have to say, kind of like a rock bottom, an emotional rock bottom. And nothing I was doing was, was working. I'm like, okay, well, Stacy, something has got to change because you can't live, you know, and I, to be honest, I didn't want to live. I was so feeling so miserable. Mm -hmm. I was in and out of SI, um, you know, planning, planning when I was going to be able to exit because I'm like, I don't know way out. And so I think through me, it was like, do actually doing research and you know it would was like a building block i tried this and i tried that and then that would lead me to something else and so i think the biggest awakening or awareness i had um, came after the will willingness to um, enter myself into a residential trauma facility and I'm from Michigan and we took the truck down to Tennessee um, and I spent 48 days there, cried my eyes out the whole time. However, I don't think I've ever had the amount of awareness. And before I went in, I had a girlfriend say to me, can you ask them, why do you always have to ask why? Mm -hmm. Why do you always have to ask why? And it, it was true. I mean, almost every sentence had, why? Why do I do this? Why is this? Why is that? And which just kept me going in the hamster on the wheel. Mm -hmm. And when I was there, each class I took, um, it was like a two by four hit me in the head. It was like, that's why. Oh my gosh, no way. <laughs> and so I started to kind of, find myself it's like of course I would do that of course I would have that behavior you know not excusing the behavior but finally having some acceptance with myself and offering myself some grace of saying hmm, you just didn't have any tools in your toolbox girlfriend and so um I think that that's the biggest awareness and that awareness is just even um grown over the last several years. And part of my awareness was owning my own shit. Mm. Where, you know, we want to put the blame, well, they did this or they made me feel this way. And it was a tough pill to swallow to say, mm -hmm. no, Stacy, no one makes you feel anyway. Oh, oh, that one hit me hard. Mm. And so I think for me, that would probably be um, the biggest one. And however, I will say that was the best gift 
I could ever have received in my whole entire life. Absolutely. So that's kind of like, you know, we'll dig, dig into on some of these other topics a little bit more around that. Um, and can you just tell me um, from your perspective, what, what is willingness? You know, it's that desire that you want to um, engage into something that well, hopefully will better you. I, I know there's some willingness to negativity as well, but I think for, for me, it was the willingness to want to be a different person, a better person. I was tired, so tired of feeling the way I did. And you said something earlier and it was, you know, you, you didn't have the tools in your toolkit and, you know, we only know what we know as humans. And sometimes we forget that we don't have all the skills that we need in life. And I was lacking some skills. For some reason growing up, I never learned the skill of controlling my emotions until later in life. And that lack of skill was very damaging to me as a person because I hurt those around me. And I have a question on yeah. that. Um, that I'm just curious about. My nose is running. Sorry about that. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, when you say that, you know, you didn't learn the tools to be able to um, control your emotions, did you find that it was one, either individuals didn't control theirs, or was it that emotions weren't necessarily something that you were supposed to show? Do you well, know? Yeah, that was interesting because um, I grew up in a household, a great, great childhood. I really had a great childhood. Um, and, you know, parents do the best that parents can do. They, they only know what they know, right? And so when they're raising kids, they do the best they can. And, you know, when I was growing up, it was uh, definitely let's stay quiet. Let's not share air any dirty laundry. Uh, we didn't really talk through issues. If we had an issue, it's just, let's deal with it, you know, deal with it. And let's really not talk through it, which was, I think, um, difficult because I still find now that those conversations are a little bit tougher trying to talk through emotion uh, with certain loved ones. And I feel that, you know, growing up in a household where it had to look pic picture perfect, right? It had to look picture mm -hmm. perfect on the outside. We couldn't see the cracks. We couldn't see the cracks in the foundation because everything had to look good. It had to look okay, which is great and dandy, but it certainly doesn't allow for flaws very much. And I felt flawed growing up in my later teens and my twenties. And I felt flawed and I you know, that, that wasn't helpful at all, but it also, there was a lot of fighting growing up. There was a lot of yelling and screaming and not, not a, a sense of learning that I should be, you know, talking through some of these emotions rather than just letting them all air out in an angrily way. So I think that was a double-edged sword for me is, trying to keep it quiet when I wanted to talk about it. Cause I'm a talker, you know, I want to hash it out. I want to talk it out. And uh, the problem is, is what I've learned later in life is that when I don't let the emotions settle, it comes out all wrong. 
And that mm-hmm. was that was the area that I needed to change is grabbing a hold of those those emotions so that they didn't come out and, you know, mumbo jumbo, you know, whenever you release it all because you get to a, a boiling po- point and then you just let them all out at the same time. Not very effective. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, that that having the ability to just sit still in those moments, I'll tell you, that is, um, that takes some work. It does. That takes some work, especially if we are individuals that are emotionally reactive, mm-hmm. you know, that we don't have good distress tolerance mm-hmm. skills right. and, um, you know, ways of coping. Yeah. And, and knowing your triggers, right? Oh yeah. You know, and it's funny, like some of the things, you know, in this last couple of years and, um, like trigger. Okay. I mean, I, to be honest, all these years, I didn't know what a trigger was. Yeah. And then when I, and it was something amazing to me to sit back and think of how many things triggered me Mm -hmm. in life and how fear-based I lived every day of my life Mm -hmm. and the pre-planning where the pre-planning of things came from, you know, out of fear. So, um, you know, I, I like you with the willingness, you know, believe that it is a desire. Um, and it is somebody that is willing to be courageous because it's scary. It is. It's scary. Um, and because uh, oftentimes we're breaking either generational norms mm-hmm. or society norms when we have the, the willingness to step forward. So what I found in recovering myself, and I don't know if you found this, but unfortunately, some of my relationships didn't come on the journey with me. They started, um, but they, they stopped off at the rest stop and chose to just stay. So, you know, recovery isn't easy. It's, it's hard work. It's rewarding work. Um, like you and I say, you know, we laugh at each other because I'm like, you know, do people really feel this great? Like, do people really want to live? Like, you know, can it be this peaceful? Yeah, can it be this peaceful? You know, you and I will share experiences about our partners and, you know, like something or how we feel like we're just smitten for them or something. And and we just giggle like, like little teenagers. And, and, you know, I, I really enjoy that part of our relationship, you know, to be able to have somebody that, you know, um, you know, Stephanie isn't in, uh, Texas and I'm in Michigan. And this is the, the great thing about having internet connection and stuff that you can develop these relationships absolutely anywhere around the world. Yeah. And so I, I love that. I know I got off topic. Hey, I've got a question for you though, if you don't sure. mind. So you were talking earlier about that awareness and, you know, for a lot of people, I feel like so many people are stuck right? They're so stuck and they don't even know that they don't have an awareness to what's really going on inside of them in order to have that willingness to change. So I guess my question is, is those feelings, like if someone wanted to understand what, you know, where to start with that, that awareness or what feelings or 
characteristics that you should be looking for, I guess not characteristics, but feelings, some thoughts, some emotions that you'd be, you know, experiencing to want to dig a little deeper to see if there is some opportunity to change? What would those be? Well, I think for, you know, I'll go on my personal experience. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I hired, I hired a professional. Okay. That helped coach and guide me through the process by asking questions and encouraging and giving me, you know, I hate to say the word homework, but I mean, I did, I'm like, I'll do whatever it takes. And so, you know, I literally every day would go to, there's a lake in my hometown called Thompson Lake. And I would go there every day and date myself. And what I considered dating myself was asking myself questions. And since I had a difficult time with that, I got a book and it says 3,001 questions all about me. And they're just various, like, what do you have on your hot dog? What, you know, like really silly ones, but it was a way to book everybody. She gave me a book. It's amazing. I love it. And so it's a way that I was able to kind of step into motion of asking myself and getting comfortable with myself answering and, and, and it wasn't digging into the deep stuff. And then I was able to take the deep dive as I, I asked. And so when that why question would come up, I would then say, where did I feel this feeling before? Where did I feel this feeling for the first time? You know, um, and I just keep asking myself questions and questions until I had some self a sense of, huh, of course, huh, really. And so, you know, along with that, the willingness and the awareness came a bunch of self-acceptance and self-forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, I think everybody's journeys it, it looks different Absolutely. and everybody has different, you know, uh, paths that they want to take, uh, for myself, I need somebody to help hold me accountable because I'm one of those people when we start getting close to something, <laughs> um, of substance, I'm like, I look at the other elephants in the room. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like I'll pick up at this, you know, and, um, you know, my, my coach, as I'll call her, um, you know, she laughed one day and she goes, do you realize how, like, when I bring up a topic, like you will start in, but man, you dance out that door so fast. <laughs> you realize that I'm like, I do like, I change the subject and I'm off and running. And what I love about the relationship that I have with her is that she can get me to slow my roll and make me sit uncomfortable. And that is, you know, the importance of recovery is, is knowing, Hey, it takes time. We didn't get here in a day. We're not getting out of here in a day. And that, you know, having somebody, I don't care who it is, be willing to be, keep you accountable call out, I'm going to, I'm going to say a cuss word, call your bullshit. Say, I'm not co-signing on the bullshit here. Yeah. 
you know. Um, Isn't that something your son said to you? Yes, he did. My son, Chip. Yeah, I I was I at the ranch when I was at the ranch, uh, the recovery center. I was spewing some stuff to him and feel you know talk dogging on myself. Okay, and he says, "Mom, if you want me to talk to you, I will." However, I'm not coasting on the bullshit. So if you want to continue, like, I don't want to engage. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and it was funny, you know, how we talk about like awareness or those aha moments. Uh-huh. The, it, that afternoon we had a class and the therapist, all of a sudden she says, and we don't need to co-sign on people's bullshit. <laughs> I love that. And I was like, oh my gosh, Whitney wait. And I stopped the class. I said, Oh my God, my son just said that to me. I said, and I took it that it was a put down. And she said, no, he set a boundary. Oh, okay. (laughs) So, you know, each little level has brought, you know, I think self-discovery is one of the most exciting things. Every day you get to wake up to a new you that you get to choose, not what somebody else, you know, put their label on you or um, their judgment or criticism, but where we can stand up and we can say, no, this is who I am, like this. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait till we get into that segment. I know I'm moving forward, but, um, you know, identifying who I am, um, that one's going to be a cool one. I'm really excited about that one. I am too. And Very so excited. would you like to share any, anything else before we wrap up on, on willingness or awareness or, yeah, you know, yeah. steps that you took? Sure. Uh, I actually, you know, like to touch on maybe some of the, the tough emotions that someone might experience when they're, you know, really not happy with their life. Their every day is the same day. I, I, I had a client that said, I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired, you know? And I, I think, I think it's important to understand, you know, when you're, you're feeling this anger all the time and maybe it's anger towards somebody else. Maybe it's anger towards yourself. Maybe it's um, some feelings of really loneliness. You don't feel like you can connect it to anybody. Maybe you have feelings of rejection or disappointment, or maybe you just feel disappointed by people over and over and over. And, you know, you got those thoughts in your head that maybe it'd just be better off if I wasn't around. I experienced plenty of those in my twenties and thirties about how life would be so much better if I wasn't even here to deal with it. So, Uh, I think it's important that, you know, our friends on here understand that if, if they just feel like every day they wake up and it's just, they're in this constant mood, constant, like down negative mood, I, I, I encourage them to seek awareness and there's plenty of places to, to, um, you know, get help. Uh, Stacy and I are both certified professional coaches that can help you through that, not only awareness, but the the uh, willingness, the process, the goal setting, the, the, you know, understanding that you have to have that forgiveness and stuff, I think is really important. There's just so much to it. I, it's just not, not a one-step journey. It's not a five-step program either. It's, it's the work, it's doing the work. And I feel like 
you know, if, if I could share anything, it, it was that I always thought that I could handle it myself. I could handle I it. I thought I should be able to. That right. should maybe that was it. Yeah. Maybe that yep. was it. Yeah. Yep. I should, I should be capable of, you know, controlling this or feeling this or, you know, um, masking it well enough, yeah. you know, you're right. But, and when we do that, we just bury it, right? We just shove oh. it all down, shove. And for me, it was the unwillingness because I thought I could handle it or I should handle it. And what I did is all those feelings never went anywhere, Stacy. never. They stayed, but they were so quiet until I was put into a similar situation that would remind me of what all those emotions were about in the first place. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden they'd come back. I swear they would come back tenfold every time. And then they were mountain, 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 just the anger and the rage and the tears and everything would just go crazy because I just never got the help I needed. I didn't. And it's like I in encourage the, everybody to do that. In the first podcast, when I was talking about the body keeps the score, that's a, that's a prime example of how, when we cuff and stuff right. and turn the cheek, you know, our body remembers everything, Yeah. you know, and, and it will give us a, a little tickler reminder. It and will. sometimes, it, sometimes it's not, you know, a fun tickle either. Sure. And yeah, I, I totally agree with you a hundred percent. Any final yep. comments you, for our friends on here? Um, I guess I might, I guess my comment would be, I, I want to tap into what you had said about having the willingness or the courage to ask for help. Yeah. Because help, when people ask for help, they are they have so much courage mm-hmm. they are braver than what they can even think and you will also find when you start speaking out there's a tribe waiting for you to open up their oh arms gosh. hug you oh my support gosh. you um if i may can i share just a little story absolutely today? okay so i'm at the dollar store that is no longer the dollar it's a dollar 25 <laughs> now I thought that was happening in April. Okay. Not in my hometown. So I'm in there and you know, I've got a big stack of cards and I like to keep cards to, if I see someone struggling, you know, their birthday, you know, anything, I like to have it on hand so I can be prepared and send it out. And so she's looking at all these cards and a lot of them have to do with recovery or empowerment or encouragement. And she says, why do you have so many of these cards? And I said, well, you know what? I had started a support group and I'm part of a, a women's trauma recovery group. And I like to be able to, to send little nuggets out to just let people know, hey, you're not alone. I care. And all of a sudden, she's the cashier, lines, you know, almost back to the back of the store. And she said, oh my gosh, that's me. I need help. I need help. Can, can I get your number? Can I be part of the group? I said, Oh girl, you're not alone. There's a lot of us. Yeah. And I said, how about if you give me your name and I will definitely connect with you. And just the look of pure, um, 
there was almost like a sigh, like, there's hope, like, oh my God, I'm not alone in that instance. And so I, I got in the, in the car and I, I called my, my partner and I said, you're not going to believe this. I just found another one of my tribe members at the dollar (laughs) store. So, you know, you can find people, you know, we, when we're stuck in the nitty gritty and the, and, and the crap, it feels like we are so alone. No one has ever felt like this before. And, you know, I will be very transparent. It will come up probably again. 2012, I, I tried to commit suicide and, uh, you know, thank God today I'm a, I'm a survivor of it. Um, so glad I am too today. (laughs) And so, you know, I don't look at what, what in the heck is that person thinking? Why would they do that? I think, you know, more along the lines of, I feel so horrible that that's what they feel the only option is. Right. And so I guess what I want to leave our friends and, and uh, dear ones with is the word of hope. And what hope means to me is hold on pain ends. H-O-P-E. Hold on. Hold on pain ends. I love it. And I can't tell you how many times I've had to say that over and over. Nope, Stacy. You got hope, honey. And so, you know, that I guess that's what I wanna I, I wanna stop my conversation on. And if you want to add anything too, have at it. Well, thanks for you know, sharing what's real, the truth that no one wants to talk about. Thank oh, yeah. Sharing that. And I think the final word is just uh, if you're listening on here, you're not alone at all. There's so many of us that if you just break down the barriers and start talking about what's going on inside, um, I think you'll find that a lot of people around you are feeling very similar feelings. So. Absolutely. I'd like to offer a reminder. Hey, reach out to us guys. Um, if you have any topics you would like to have discussed, um, any feedback, we love uh, healthy, constructive uh, criticism. So, um, you know, we really want to make this um, something that everybody feels part of the tribe. And, uh, you know, we need kindness, we need love, we need compassion. Um more now than ever. And so I know, you know, I'll speak for myself and I'm, I know you, you feel the same way stuff. Hey, we're here. We're here. So love you, girlfriend. It was great seeing you again and friends. We can't wait to see you on the next one. Um, I think our next one's going to be about taking action. Sounds good to me. Are you ready? I'm ready. You're up. All right. Bye. Bye everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to What's Behind the Silence, the truth no one wants to talk about with Stacy Cutright and Stephanie Dimmel.